0: He lifts one to a left field. It is deep. It is high, and it is gone. A walk-off home run, for Joe Gray Jr. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever you are listening to the Gram Slam podcast. I am your host, Brandon Anderson, and this is episode 23 of the Gram Slam podcast. And on today's episode, I am changing it up a little bit. I had some of the episode already recorded. Um, Some different news stories came out about the Pioneer League over the week including an article uh, just as of yesterday. I am recording this episode on uh, January 29th, 2022. I'm hoping to actually get this episode up today, despite the fact of my Instagram stories. I was uh, going to delay until tomorrow, but hoping to still get it up today for the actual Saturday release prior to the WWE Royal Rumble tonight. I um, hope everyone... I I know I don't cover much of WWE at all, I barely watch it, but the Royal Rumble is probably one of the biggest events there is um, next to WrestleMania, so I will be enjoying that tonight, Um, but I wanted to basically re-record this episode and essentially really have uh, some of these news stories coming out of the Pioneer League. I think uh, the Pioneer League being uh, featured on ESPN uh, news article is pretty big. Um, For it, and then there is a new partnership that the uh, or naming that the Pioneer League has essentially gone into. So I will go into all that in the main topic today, Um, along with some little bit of um, Rocky Mountain vibes 2022 season. I, I originally wanted this episode to be a preview of the 2022 season, but Unfortunately, I just I don't know really what to put in it yet because we we really don't know anything about the VIBES 2022 season. We have their schedule and I could definitely go over that, but without some kind of information if we're going to have the same players as last year or if we're not and they're going to sign new players, it kind of reflects on really looking at what the actual team will do in 2020 and gives it kind of a hard perspective of giving a preview. Um, so I may essentially uh, do an episode down the road with the Pioneer League overall um, and kind of give my take because a lot of the teams in the Pioneer League are signing players uh are either signing back players again or signing new ones along with coaching staffs, things like that. Stuff that the Rocky Mountain Vibes organization are just not doing. And again, I, I don't know if they just have not told us that we are having the Monclova contract back again which could be the possibility Um, it is something that has been rumored and um, from my understanding the clubhouse staff and everything is still the same so I would assume that they were hired under the Monclova contract and not just by the Vibes organization but we'll see Um, I I hope to see that information here in the next uh, couple months or so But I know starting next week, we will start diving into the XFL uh, Football League and their return uh, coming up next year. Those will be three episodes uh, back-to-back over the next three weeks um, that will then lead to the XFL uh, 365-day episode, um, which will be one year to kick off. Um, I am planning on potentially doing a live episode uh, streaming on Twitch, so we'll see. Um, I know I have a lot of plans coming up for the podcast, including today's one of today's Entertainment 10 topics of the WWE 2K22 video game. Uh, now, of course, I don't really talk about video games on this podcast. I leave that up to good friends over at the Boundless Gamers podcast, which... Uh, Hopefully soon they have invited me on their show So um, for the first part of the year. So we shall see essentially when that happens and everything. So, uh, But it, with the WWE 2K22, I plan on doing some kind of uh, streaming on Twitch with it. I, I really want to dig dive deep into that game. And um, it looks like they have done so many improvements from the last 2K game took a year off from doing WWE games um, and technically have taken another six months from the original release time, uh, which is usually October of every year, and now they're releasing it in March. So I am hoping that they have a very good video game this time around, and I want to create like a virtual Gram Slam podcast Um WWE 2K22 League and kind of do my own shows and stuff like that and book uh, stuff up for that. So that will all be coming. That's not till March, but I'll give more details as time goes through with uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and those uh, following accounts. And then, of course, I wanted to break some news as well, too. This opening segment definitely going to go over six minutes, but that's okay. There's quite a bit of news to that dropped over this week. Uh, the USFL, the football league that starts in April, uh, their tickets went on sale actually this past past week for their inaugural game um, that is on April 16th, 2022. And they have announced that their um, entire league will be played in Birmingham, Alabama at two of their stadiums. Uh, one of them used to be the... Uh, XFL original, the 2001 uh, Birmingham uh, Bolts team that played there. So that's the stadium they're playing at. And then, of course, the original stadium at the USFL, uh, Birmingham Stallions played at. They will be back for this uh, new version of the USFL. And um, I did go ahead and actually bought tickets to that game. They're 10 bucks a piece, which is super cheap. That's actually cheaper than the... Uh, XFL tickets that I got but I am looking forward to it it is in my opinion it's going to be a crapshoot of if this league works or not Um, we're not even two and a half months away from kickoff and we still haven't heard any team or actual like uh, players being announced there has been some news that uh, there'll be quite a bit of uh, knowing six to eight players per team that will be knowing names Throughout the like NFL and football world or whatnot, so I'm looking forward to see what they do there. But the biggest news, which officially sealed the deal on what team I was going for, I was uh, debating up against the uh, the actual Michigan Panthers uh, team because obviously I went to here in College Springs, I went to Harrison High School. They are the Panthers. My cousin went there. That was on a previous episode. Of the Sun podcast that I uploaded from a, a different podcast I had about football and uh, kids in sports and whatnot. He also went to the same high school, um, so Panthers run in my blood. My daughter's school is she goes to is Panthers as well right now, so that was kind of leaning towards what I wanted to pick was the Panthers. But then they still to the deal with announcing this past Thursday that the uh, Michigan Panthers head coach will be former Tennessee Titans head coach Jeff Fisher. Um, He also was the, I believe, St. Louis Rams head coach. He may have coached a little bit in L.A., but I'm not quite sure if he was still part of the team when they moved to L.A. or not. But it's big news. Uh, Jeff Fisher is a very known name in football. Um, He has had many of many um, career Basically, opportunities. He's never won a, a Super Bowl per se, um, but essentially has had so much knowing things. He has 30 years of NFL coaching experience. Former head coach of the the Oilers, Titans, and Rams, and of course the Oilers became the Tennessee Titans. Three division titles, two AFC championships, and a Super Bowl appearance, which was the one they actually the Titans lost to the Rams. Um, that will forever haunt me as a football fan. Um, so we look forward to this. Obviously, um, I will have a USFL uh, podcast coming up in March. It'll be 30 days out. I think March 16th is the date I am releasing that. be 38 days out till kick until kickoff. Um, hopefully by then we have everything in place, essentially with players. Uh, the, obviously, the coaches have been announced at this point. So there's a lot of this league I'm looking forward to because – the possibility that starting with the USFL in April, we may not have a break in football again. Um, now, of course, there is the uh, CS- CFL up in Canada. Um, they've been broadcasting a lot of games here in America this year. So, But when you look at the, the scope of in the United States, you have the possibility of the USFL starting in April I believe it wraps up in July or August, and then we have NFL preseason, then it goes into the NFL season, and then after that, the week after the Super Bowl in 2023, we have the XFL starting kickoff, and then if the USFL succeeds, there is a big possibility that they will probably push the 2023 season back a little bit to not interfere with the XFL, um, I think all three leagues could technically work and potentially will um, essentially uh, work. Now, it's it's just if the USFL has had a lot of criticism of what they've been doing, not essentially having enough time to build this league, and it's like a last-minute thing. But I'm curious to see if the last-minute planning and things are just a behind the scenes or like to the camera thing or if behind the scenes they do have all their crap together and they they know what they're doing um, I, I question a lot of it uh, because we've seen so many spring leagues like I have talked about in the past that have basically failed halfway through the season now of course the USFL is backed by Fox um, they have a massive partnership. I think some NBC has a their TV rights. That inaugural game um, that I'm hoping to essentially attend, um, I will be, if I do go, I'll be uh, starting my uh, vlog for the channel or whatnot on YouTube. And that'll essentially, that vlog will be kind of a preview of what I'll be doing during the uh, Pioneer League and the Rocky Mountain Vibe season, so there's a lot coming. I, I want to expand the the channel, the brand of the Grand Slam Podcast, which started out as just one episode, and now we're up to 23 episodes. Hoping to continue that way, but again, like I said, essentially, I, I really enjoy football. That is my big thing. I like baseball a lot, but I really like these pickup leagues. I think it's fun. It's great watching players either get a second chance or potentially start out their career in these leagues and make it to the NFL, make it to MLB, um, and things like that. So I look forward to it. I really uh, hope the best for the USFL. And um, essentially, that, like I was saying, that first inaugural game will be um, broadcasted on two competing networks, NBC and Fox, for the first time, uh, simocast, for the first time in s- that sports has done that. I think they said since the 1960s. So that that's pretty big t- for a startup league to get primetime coverage on a Saturday night and have it simcasted on two of the biggest um, just local channels or like non-cable channels of Fox and NBC. So hopefully the ratings do great. I hope the football is great. Um, I'm also hoping that in that weekend, that Sunday, that the Panthers um, are playing and potentially can get tickets to that game before coming back home. Um, But that will all be remain to see what happens there. Uh, So again, this is been a, a, a big opening. This episode's a little bit different than my normal format. Um, I There's a lot of news out there and this kind of came last minute to change this episode around. So enjoy it. Um, let's go ahead and get into the Entertainment 10 featuring WWE 2K22 video game and Dexter New Blood. TV series that aired uh, from November through December and ended just the first week of January. A lot of controversy as normal with Dexter and like a finale. Um, This will be a non spoiler episode. Again, I, I like giving kind of the non spoiler review, my opinion on it, and then going digging deep into it with spoilers on a future episode. I may do it next week, maybe a couple um one's down the road because this is a episode this is a uh TV show and not a movie that you can just go sit and watch for two or three hours and be done with it and uh, not be spoiled at that point. So there's a lot uh, to talk about that, but let's go ahead and get into the Entertainment 10 now. All right, welcome to the Entertainment 10 segment. This week it is January 29th, 2022. And to kick off the Entertainment 10, we have a story about the WWE 2K video game that premieres on March 11th uh, for everyone to play. Otherwise, March 8th if you have the pre-ordered deluxe or NWO for life game editions. Uh, So far, this article is brought to you by the SmackDownHotel.com article by Scott uh, Shack Lady um, that was published just as of yesterday. We got some news on the WWE 2K22 uh, game, and um, basically what they are saying is uh, from screenshots, graphical overhauls, and brand new features such as My GM and My Faction in the recent trailers and interviews with uh, the 2K development team. This is what the fans have been asking for. They want to see is uninterrupted gameplay since the team has spent so much time hyping up their new gameplay engine built from the ground up. And so far, we have only seen a small pieces of gameplay here and there in the trailers. Now, of course, this is a little bit of a concern um, that we have seen very minimal gameplay and a lot of like CG type rendering uh action videos or trailers that are pretty normal for WWE 2K games or any 2K games for that matter. You don't see much gameplay in these trailers, Um, but essentially, we've been waiting for two years for a WWE game. Um, They canceled the 2020 WWE 2K21 game uh, due to the fact of COVID and just needing to rebuild the game because... WWE 2K20 was probably one of the worst games ever released um, for wrestling or whatnot. Um, so the overall news that we got this week um, that shows this uh, article that uh, so far we have three new superstars showing to us, Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre, and Bianca Belair, all showing that they definitely have improved since the 2020 uh, 2K20 game where they essentially, I mean, Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre kind of led the, uh, scene with the pandemic era where WWE was having to host host their shows basically with no crowd. Um, the Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre both have raised their overall rankings in the game, kind of like Madden ra- ratings if you play Madden football. Uh, Bobby Lashley ninety one, Drew McIntyre ninety one. Both of these are up from the two K uh 20 games and then of course Bianca Belair um raised her stake to 86 overall rating um but with the uh WWE Royal Rumble being this weekend um we did see an actual new trailer just drop a little bit ago I just watched it um if you haven't checked that out go to YouTube and type in WWE 2K uh new trailer has a it, it, I still can't if a lot of it's gameplay or if some of it's more CG to look like uh, gameplay or whatnot. But I'm curious to see what that essentially happens. And we did see in the the newest trailer dropped earlier this week that um, the virtual Thunderdome crowd and more gameplay details have essentially been announced. So the Thunderdome Arena, which is where WWE held... Uh, during the pandemic, they had vi- basically video screens that you could uh, log into and um, essentially watch over your computer and be a fan in the crowd on a screen or whatnot. And then, of course, the other um, other part that was confirmed was create in arena mode. We've had this in uh, previous uh, editions of WWE games, but this one was pretty... Pretty big. Um, I'm glad that they're bringing that back because that essentially gives us the ability to create any company's uh, arena and things like that that we can play in, like AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, things like that. Um, but they're essentially, uh, we have seen that there are uh, most likely going to be ladders, tables, and chairs, um, and a lot of other gameplay uh, engines that have been fixed from previous uh, modes or whatnot and the biggest one that we are getting which is returning is the WWE 2K22 My GM mode um, which is one of a uh, fan favorite mode from the past um, where basically you can essentially under the guidance of the WWE executives such as Vince McMahon or Triple H you'll have the chance to run your own promotion in a competitive or competitive state for ratings and revenue in the WWE 2K's version of franchise mode um, you'll you will be able to draft your own roster of superstars or let the game create a balanced mix for you to start with and the length of the mode will be 15, 25 or 50 weeks complete with commissioner goals uh, for you to aim for From there, you'll be able to simulate, spectate, or play the matches you set up each week. Uh, Spectate mode allows you to watch the match, change camera angles, and even get involved in the match by distracting the referee or throwing a chair into the ring. The ability to play the matches gives the user some sense of control over their show, if perhaps you want to have a superstar win as part of your grand design. There is even co-op capability for MyGM with the option to play with a friend who also controls a rival show in the mode. Well, we still don't have exact details on how this feature works, um, Jinx uh, with um, MySmackDownHotel.com uh, has confirmed that it will be possible to play against local player or online with someone on our friends list, whether it be on PlayStation 5 or Xbox. Uh, There is also going to be a virtual social media feed to let you know what the fans think of your choices and if they approve or not. Sounds like a great example for them not simply bringing back to make the fans happy, and it's more detailed than some of us actually thought in the beginning. Which is, in my opinion, which is great because that's what happens in pro wrestling now: is social media runs pro wrestling to an extent now. A lot of these organizations don't listen to their fans for nothing, WWE. Uh, But essentially, when you have these social media feeds in the game, it gives you a lot more in-depth detail and gives that more, uh, basically, like, uh, season mode or GM mode, as they call it, of, like, running your own WWE universe and whatnot. And then, of course, the next thing they got was the new superstar mode, um, which in the WWE 2K Universe mode, a new option was added called Superstar Mode. This gives you the ability to play through WWE Universe by controlling one superstar and focusing entirely on their storyline and matches. There is, a is of course, still the regular sandbox mode that allows you to control the entire universe, like previous games, but you'll be able to at least just do one superstar if you want to do that. Next one was WWE 2K My Rise. Um, This evolution of my career allows players to take a much more active role in their own stories. You can play as either a male or female character. And one of the first things you define is your background before your character even joined the WWE. Are you an MMA fighter, a professional athlete? This is your story. And even from just the first choice, the characters in the game will remember and commit or comment on it and you will have the chance to respond either positively or negatively there appears to be a huge amount of control over your control your own can, uh, character's destiny as you can pick which brand to get signed to and even change that decision at any time and not get tied down with contracts to a certain show the details of this mode were only touched on briefly um, but they do feel that it won't be a disappointment um, the biggest thing they, the uh, my SmackDownHotel.com article states is their final thoughts are, uh, like many of you, um, I have been curious about the WWE 2K uh, knew what the people wanted, to, but we have spoken and they have listened. From the new engine to the creation stu- uh, suite to the return of my GM mode, I think this will be the biggest positive turn for the series in the last 25 years. This was a very enlightening interview um, that essentially you can actually go on to um, thesmackdownhotel.com and uh, check that out all the way to Hype Train, this game, until March 11th when it comes out, which, like I said, I will be streaming that first night when the game comes out and really kind of taking us through the game, giving a full review and everything like that. So more to come on WWE 2K22. I just wanted to kind of give everyone that may play video games or wrestling games, a kind of a hint at what is coming. We still don't know a full roster of the game yet with it being Royal Rumble weekend. Maybe we'll get something later today, if not tomorrow. Um, but we shall see. Let's go ahead and switch over to Dexter new blood. This, um, was a new series that essentially, uh, to kind of redo the ending of Dexter, uh, season eight. Um, which again, this may have a spoiler warning for Dexter series eight, but the overall show has not been on the air for almost nine years now. So if you haven't watched it, um, not really my fault at that point. But essentially, the ending of Dexter was he essentially drove his boat into a hurricane to cover up his death or fake his death and then he became this like uh woodworker like chopping down trees and stuff like that in the uh, I think it was Oregon and that was pretty much the end of the series there was never another show he lived and there was no explanation anything a lot of the main characters died throughout that season and it just it wasn't what the fans wanted, but that was the end of Dexter. Um, now rewind about a year ago, we got some rumors that Dexter was coming back. Showtime had ordered a full season, which was uh, stated as a limited season. So uh, from what we know, knew, it was only going to be uh, one season. Uh, the season did essentially kick off uh, back on November 7th, uh, 2021, and it went full 10 episodes, which was 10 consecutive weeks of it. And again, the story of it uh, takes place 10 years after the events of the previous uh, Dexter series, which ran eight seasons. Uh, Dexter Morgan, a.k.a. Michael C. Hall, is back as the main uh, person. And throughout the, the 10 episodes, uh, to kind of just give you a brief description of everything... Um, basically Dexter is uh, now living in um, on the East Coast again um, prior to again what the uh, season eight ending had him uh, most likely in Oregon. I think like I said, I think it was where this season here takes place in New York and um, we start seeing a lot if you if you're familiar with the Dexter um, series or whatnot, um, essentially, Dexter is a serial killer who has a dark passage that his uh essential dad taught him uh to kill people essentially that the justice system did not take care of, but who were hundred percent guilty of their crimes, um, uh, no matter what essentially those crimes would be. Um and in this, he basically ran away. He created a new identity, uh, going by the name of Jim Lindsay. Um, We learned that he is essentially dating the police chief, uh, Angela Bishop, and what's weird about the fact that he's dating a police officer, he used to be a crime scene uh, blood technician for the Miami-Dade police force or whatnot, and then of course, with almost getting caught and everything like that, he had ran off and whatnot and blamed His killings on uh, another police officer. Well, throughout this uh, series, we kind of get a little bit of a different version of Dexter where he doesn't right off the bat, like, per se, kill anyone. um, But then he starts making some mistakes of who he kills, which then leads to the protagonist of the um, actual season, which is uh, Kurt Cadwell. Um, who becomes the main, like, bad guy in the, the series that uh, Dexter is out to kill. But um, along the way, what happens is his son, who I, I believe was one or two um, during season four of Dexter, where uh, Dexter's wife was uh, murdered by one of the serial killers named Trinity Killer. Uh, he essentially, Dexter, that is, essentially had a son with... Uh, his wife that uh, was left at the scene and covered in blood. And that's essentially how Dexter uh, started. He, he was found in a uh, shipping container um, sitting in blood and his mother was killed in front of him or whatnot. And this police detective or police officer found him and then took him in and adopted him or whatnot. And, that's how we got Dexter, essentially. Well, his son is out all grown up and um, ends up knowing deep down that Dexter was not dead. So he finds his dad, and the whole series essentially revolves around Dexter trying to basically become this father that he hadn't been um, for a very long time and the acceptance from his son Harrison and... There's a lot of things in the way of that that come up, uh, Dexter's dark passage with the killings and things like that. So overall, I will say before getting too far into it and kind of giving some spoilers, if you have not seen this this show, I highly recommend it. It is a very, very good good show. Um, there's a lot of people, if you, if you're familiar with Dexter, have watched Dexter... And you have not tuned into this new series. Do not read online f- reviews. Um, the ending of it was kind of shocking, but if you really pay attention to the overall show and what they're building at, you'll know the. You'll kind of guess where the ending is coming. Uh, I kind of had that guess throughout the series, and then it essentially did happen. So I give the the overall ten episodes of Dexter New Blood a Four out of five um, rating. I, I think that essentially it delivers what you want as Dexter. Um, it has a different side of Dexter we've never seen. And then, of course, it still has that original feel to it of Dexter. But then in a new format, um, I believe the, the filming of this series was a lot different than how the original eight seasons were and this kind of more feels like a movie um instead of like an actual tv show but delivers everything that i asked for and essentially leaves you kind of hanging on what could happen is there another season potentially happening we don't know showtime has commented they're willing to uh the director of the show said if there becomes another order for one he'll definitely write the script uh, but, yeah, I would, I would as always, stay away from online reviews of this show. I think a lot of people gave it crap, and I just don't believe it deserved the crap that people gave it uh, compared to this Season 8 of Dexter, which wasn't the greatest. Um, but, yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't already. It is on Showtime. They may be bringing out a... Um, Blu-ray version of this, which I really hope so because I have have the full Dexter series on Blu-ray. Uh, so this would definitely cap off that uh, season collection that I have built up over the years or whatnot. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend it. Four out of five rating for me, which may be on the higher side to most people, but I really like Dexter. I like those type of shows. Um, the other show I really like as well as You, um, it's about a uh, serial killer as well. A little bit different than Dexter, of course, but definitely a great show. It has four seasons. is on Netflix. Highly recommend uh, checking that series out if you haven't seen that. I may do a episode down the road about that as well. Um, but let's go ahead. That is the Entertainment 10, and obviously it's way – both the opening statements are way longer than normal, but that's okay. Let's go ahead and uh, – get into the main topic today, which is the Pioneer League media frenzy, is what I'm calling it, because that's what I felt we have had lately. There's been all kinds of news about the Pioneer League with the addition of two teams, and then, of course, the overall aspect of the Pioneer League, of what they've done and proved everyone wrong, including... What this article is based off of is one of the owners of the, or the owner of the Missoula Paddleheads. Let's go ahead and jump on in to the main topic today. All right, welcome to the main topic today. This is the Pioneer League information that has been dropped this week. It seems like the Pioneer League has been busy, and sure enough, the Pioneer League has announced that in a historic naming rights agreement that the Pioneer Baseball League and Ticket Smarter has come to an agreement. The article comes to us from MILB.com out of Spokane, Washington. In a groundbreaking deal, the Pioneer League, Independent MLB Partner League, and Ticket Smarter, a national ticket resale market, announced today an executive five-year naming rights agreement that will rebrand the league as the Pioneer Baseball League presented by Ticket Smarter. This is the first time in the United States that a professional baseball league has sold its naming rights to a corporate partner. Last year when the Pioneer League was relaunched as an independent league, we were determined to solidify the league and to assure its long-term uh, sus- sustainability, said PBL President Mike Shapiro. Thanks to our great new partnership with Ticket Smarter, we are now positioned to move forward to further enhance the great fan experiences and outstanding level of baseball we offer out fans around the Mountain West region and, for that matter, around the baseball universe. Among its many uh, strategic partnerships – Ticket Smarter is the official ticket resale partner of the Rose Bowl Stadium and the t- uh, title sponsor of the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl with ESPN events. Ticket Smarter is committed to giving back to children's charities, contributing a dollar from every transaction to help the charitable partners, including St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, V Foundation, Quarterbacking Children's Health Foundation, and coach to cure md we are so excited about this historic agreement with the pioneer league commented ticket smarter ceo jeff goodman this first of its kind relationship underscores Out's commitment to creating cutting-edge partnerships and offering safe and secure access for fans to buy and sell tickets with this partnership we're providing a direct link between the league and its teams with their fans and communities Um, And it kind of goes over about the Pioneer League, which we've discussed about this. Um, Again, Ticket Smarter is a proud member of the digital ally Companies, NASDAQ DGLY. Ticket Smarter helps customers from all walks of life experience the power and excitement of live events by giving back through children's charities, as we mentioned. Um, They are essentially the official ticket reseller partner of the Rose Bowl. Um, and for ESPN uh, events with the Birmingham Bowl. I'm curious to see with the Birmingham Bowl if they have any, um, like the Ticket Smarter has anything to do with the uh, USFL. I know I bought my tickets off Ticketmaster for that opening game, but I'm curious to see. Uh, So essentially that's the agreement. So from now on, it is officially called the Pioneer League presented by Ticket Smarter. I will have to make sure I say that as they do uh, reserve the naming rights to the Pioneer League going forward. So when we talk about uh, those naming rights and the tickets and what they talk about, like having a safe transaction to buy and sell tickets, it makes me wonder what's happening with that. Because as far as I know, that is the not the... Um, Let's see here. That is not the... So just released last night, the ESPN reported an article that says, I was wrong. Why MLB's restructuring of the miners turned out mostly better than expected. Now, of course, this article comes to us via ESPN.com under MLB Stories. This story essentially uh, revolves around the missoula paddleheads owner peter davis and some quotes from the um oram owls owner which again i i've had uh other fans of the podcast kind of question this as well as why an owls uh team was giving it or the owner is giving feedback when they weren't even part of the 2021 season but we'll go ahead and uh dig deep into this article because I think it kind of basically puts into perspective what kind of league the Pioneer League looks to be. Um, I think the Paddleheads, in my opinion, had a better overall season with the clubs and everything within the Pioneer League because they gave away a lot of stuff to fans. They did a lot of promotion nights. Where at least here in Colorado Springs with the Rocky Mountain Vibes. We didn't see that. That had been one of my biggest complaints. I think I um, had spoke about this in some other... I think maybe the Grand Junction Rockies had some giveaways. Um, but I've heard they are still technically owned by the the actual Colorado Rockies organization. i um, will have to dig, dig deep into that at one point. Um, but let's go ahead and get into this article here. Um, so basically... The Paddleheads owner, Davis, stated, we lost all the uh, equity and it disappeared overnight. We had no clue what we were going to do at this point. But the Paddleheads learned they could swim. Uh, They stayed in the Pioneer League, newly independent for the 2021 season and won the championship. We had a great season and we had a blast doing it, Davis said. You really were... You really were hamstrung as an affiliated team. Yes, we loved being an independent team, he stated. In 2020, right before the alignment, ESPN spoke to dozens of minor league officials, many of whom predicted disaster as MLB moved to reduce the number of affiliated teams from 160 down to 120. Four of each major league club recently we reached out to more than 50 teams to see how they farred especially those teams that lost affiliation. For some clubs, the reconfiguration was indeed a disaster. Eight teams that lost affiliation either folded altogether or did not come back to play in 2021, one because of an unfinished stadium. And some of those teams are suing MLB for breach of contract and um, torturous interference in the overall perspective uh, officials from teams that remained affiliated expressed general satisfaction though some said they wouldn't air gas publicly for fear of angering major League baseball that's pretty pathetic in my opinion like the fact that you fear angering MLB baseball and they pretty much potentially put your team out of business or close to it that's that's ridiculous I I've spoken many times, and I may even go back and find the episode that I recorded on uh, my previous podcast about this uh, league potentially losing MLB. It's from a couple years back, but it kind of goes over this whole thing of me not being too thrilled about it and what exactly that would do to baseball I'll try to find it and uh, maybe post it as an add-on episode this week to kind of reference point this article. Um, But for the owners who lost affiliation, those who felt they had the most to lose, a number were like Davis. Well, they lament lament their team's loss of value and worry about MLB's long-term commitment to their new leagues. They say the reorganization worked out better than they expected. I was wrong," says Jeff Cato Cato Sky, Sky. I believe is how you pronounce his last name. The owner of the now independent Northern Colorado Owls and a vocal critic last year. I thought fans cared more about affiliation than they actually do. I'm encouraged. I would have told you it was going to be a blank show, and it wasn't. The Owls were one of the eight teams that didn't play because their stadiums are incomplete, but they plan to resume this year. Uh, so let me let me touch base on that. So I agree with another lis- listener or fan of uh, the game that I made a really good connection with at the uh, baseball games uh, season ticket holder that's set in my row. Um, she had commented just this, just a little bit ago on this article and basically was stating that she doesn't know why he is stating he was wrong because or because of the fact that, yeah, in the Pioneer League itself, we saw attendance still there. We saw all that. But you didn't have a team. You didn't have a team in Orem. You didn't have a team in Northern Colorado like you will this year. And maybe even being a vocal critic last year is fair. I think we all were vocal critics when MLB decided to do this. And I think it it scared a lot of us as fans that we were losing our teams. And lucky enough, the Independent Baseball League of the Pioneer League came in and essentially swooped up that and fixed it. But to say that you're wrong and you being a critic, you have no idea. Let's see how the 2022 season goes for the Northern Colorado Owls and then voice your opinion because – you could be biting your t- you could be biting your tongue on this one and or che- tongue in cheek or whatever the the saying is because you you're saying that oh I was wrong about that nothing would happen you didn't you didn't play you weren't an owner I, I mean you're still the owner but you didn't play you're you didn't have a stadium built for the 2021 season because of COVID and essentially you're you're claiming that fans cared more about affiliations than they actually did well I still feel that fans do care about affiliation um yes did fans come out in record numbers to the Pioneer League in the 2021 season of course they did we all know that but you can't sit here and state that fans you thought fans cared more about affiliation because they they do the the overall perspective of talking to fans throughout the stadium during those games and fans I've talked to on Instagram, on social media, all care about the affiliation. They want that affiliation there because then maybe they can follow people throughout the MLB and not just instantly lose them the second they sign with a team, aka like most of the Vibes players have done this year or a surrounding teams in the the Pioneer League. They get shipped off to other uh, of these actual affiliated leagues, Double AA, A, Triple A, whatever the case may be, and play there, and you may forget about them in five, six years when they do get up into the major league baseball teams and stuff like that. So I get the affiliation. I liked it. I think it's kind of crappy that here in Colorado Springs we do not have that Triple A affiliation. But guess what? We still have a team. We still have jobs for these people that are here and good organization with the Rocky Mountain Vibes that do a lot. But going back to the article, basically, um, it goes in more to the lockout, um, how it's only affecting the the teams, the minor league seasons will play on schedule, pandemic permitting, um, and then, uh, of course, minor league owners see the potential for a banner 2022 season. So when you look at essentially the de-affiliated teams that survived, joined either independent professional leagues or MLB's new amateur draft and perspective leagues, which use college players swinging wooden bats, MLB officials say they are mostly pleased with how their plan to re- restructure the game has gone. None of us would have chosen to have year one be in a global pandemic, says Morgan Sward. Sword of MLB's executive vice president for uh, baseball operations. That that obviously muted the impact and obviously prevented us from progressing as quickly as we wanted. But all in all, he says we were really happy about how things went. Of course they are happy of how things went in MLB. They're making more money now, and, and look where it got you. You guys are on a strike or whatever you want to call baseball a lockout right now, and we don't even know if we're getting baseball this year. It's been so quiet, and I'm going to go on a little rant here because I am a huge fan of baseball, and I think this is absolutely ridiculous that the commissioner Rob Manfred's vision for one baseball, as he claims in this article, with his office in New York, the center of all levels of the sport – um, he claims what I've learned is that Major League Baseball is really powerful at getting what it wants. Says oh, says one minor league owner on the condition of anonymity before MLB had asked, and now they can tell they'll ultimately get what they wanted. So yeah, they they get what they wanted because fans are participating in supporting these leagues, and good for us, like good for us fans, good for. These teams going out, and I'm not saying that in a sarcastic way. I'm saying is like that's that's great for us fans. We get baseball, we get all this, but I'm sorry, Rob Manfred, you are a piece of crap. You you are probably one of the worst commissioners in baseball. There's so much wrong with Major League Baseball, and we still, like I said, we don't know if we're even gonna have a season this year. We're like t- not even two months away from spring training. And baseball starts, I think, in two months. And we have nothing. When baseball went on on lockout, I thought it was going to be like a week or two from the articles and watching MLB Network. No, we're still, still in a lockout. And we have nothing worked out from my understanding. It is terrible. It is crappy. And you know what? Let's just put it this way. If Major League Baseball, wants to continue their lockout for this season then these independent leagues are going to show exactly what baseball is all about. Because I tell you not, if there's no Major League Baseball to play, these teams are going to start selling out in drones because of the fact that people want to watch baseball. Whether it be these big league players or not, I think this will have a big thing on it. And uh, the one thing in this article that it uh, essentially talks about is how the renewal of agreements with the affiliated uh, leagues every 2 to two, 2 to 4 years sometimes ending up with geographical nightmares like the one New York Mets had for 6 seasons when their triple A team was 2500 miles away in Las Vegas dumb why would you do that stupid 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 and that 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 whole affiliation just doesn't make sense when it comes to that um I mean the the big thing is here is in this article, when they're talking about the owners who lost the affiliation, say a positive turning point was an agree agreement a year ago that established four independent leagues, including the Pioneer League, as the partner leagues with MLB. The arrangement means MLB covers initial administrative costs of up to five hundred thousand dollars per league for the first three years. And it provides scouting technology for MLB teams to keep tabs tabs on players. So, okay, I was wrong in, I think it was last week or the week before's episode where I talked about that this was going to be the last year. I would assume that 2021 was the first season, 2022 will be the second, and then 2023 will be the third. I still, with the naming purposes of the Pioneer League with the uh, ticket organization, I think that was to build the league for funding to help with when this affiliation thing goes away after the three years. Um, Toe Davis, the biggest thing which the biggest thing the agreement provided for his paddleheads was a sense of security. As long as I knew the Pioneer League was going to stick together, I knew we were going to be good, he says. MLB says it is going to try to make good on its promise that no town would lose baseball because of de affiliation. Um sword says by that by twenty twenty three there should be should some form of minor league ball be in five of the cities where teams didn't play in twenty twenty one. We'll see about that. I'm curious of how that works out. Um but the the paddlehead's owner Davis had to come up with money for things the major league teams used to provide $300,000 for players and trainers and all the baseball expenses, basically baseballs, the bats, and all the other stuff. This year we had to do it all ourselves, which is actually fun. It was expensive, but it was really fun, he says. Uh, Teams like his no longer have to pay fees to MILB or the major league clubs Although some owners say their total expense are higher, which I'm not surprised by that. I would love to get some kind of financial report on Rocky Mountain Vibes and how that all worked out Um, because I I feel like they did, in my opinion, and no disregard to the ownership of the Vibes or anything, but they did a piss-poor job of essentially bringing the overall – Um, fan experience to the Vibes, their giveaways were crap compared to the Paddleheads that I saw, uh, their giveaways and other organizations throughout the Pioneer League. I thought the uh, Rocky Mountain Vibes was just terrible. But when we look at the overall perspective of this article on ESPN, they are claiming that essentially with these opportunities that the um, other affiliated owners will try to expand the minor league's games' national appeal with marketing and improved broadcasting. So maybe soon enough, we may get better broadcasting of some of our games in the Pioneer League. Maybe they'll get a TV deal. Who knows? Um, obviously, you can stream a lot of the Pioneer League games on YouTube or um, I think it was pioneernetwork.com, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that didn't always work the best, but YouTube was where. Essentially, i watched a lot of the Vibes games if I was not there. Um, As the end of this article says, make no bones about it. We'd prefer an affiliated part of Major League Baseball. It's the goal eventually, says Curtis Hot Hang, the vice president of general manager of the Kane County, Illinois Cougars. It's a different world. So far, so good. The fans have embraced it. The beer's still cold. The hot dogs are still good. So... With these two articles that came out about the – again, this article focused a lot on the Pioneer League, on the affiliation with baseball or the de-affiliation with MLB. Um, But again, I just feel that there is a lot of issues with this overall perspective of the game and what exactly they are looking for um, as a Pioneer League or whatnot or an independent league – that of course we want the affiliation to still be there. We want the funding to still be there to bring out more people to these games. I mean, again, the 2019 Rocky Mountain Vibes season that was affiliated with the um, Milwaukee Brewers. There was a lot of fan stuff. There was a lot of fun stuff that actually happened. That I know, based on what the the Paddleheads owner said, they had to pocket or take out of pocket that money to produce that stuff and. Frankly, the owners of the Rocky Mountain Vibes and the Chuckers um, that I, I've spoken on, they are, in my opinion, they don't care about the fans. They care about the money and the teams running. And unfortunately, the more people that continue to go into these games and they're not having to do promotion nights other than like fireworks, which I think are not even paid by them, I think it's by their sponsorships throughout the town it's it's going to continue to give this message off to the ownership groups that they don't need to do promotions, they don't need to do anything fun for us fans or even for season ticket holders. I, I would not doubt that by next year, 2023, the season tickets are just basic season tickets and you get no nothing with it because that's how I feel is what we're going towards as season ticket holders is, Here's your tickets. Here's the discounted price on the tickets. That's all you get. We're now having to pay for parking, which was not par- previous to the Rocky Mountain Vibes organization being here. When they were Sky Sox, they were parking was included with your season tickets. You're now having to pay money for that. So there's a lot of things that, yeah, it was a success, and maybe the NoCo Owls owner was wrong about his rant he did but I I honestly don't think he has the right to say anything because he doesn't have a team in 2021 to gauge what that brought there will be a team in here in three months but we don't know what that's going to be we don't know if people are going to go to that stadium in northern Colorado uh compared to the Grand Junction Rockies or the Rocky Mountain Vibes or better yet more fans if there is a MLB season we'll be going to the Rockies games that is closer I believe to their stadium than it is ours or the Grand Junction Rockies team so we'll see I, I'm not calling him wrong I just I don't know how um, as some other listeners have said I don't know how he has a say in it it's kind of ridiculous so we'll see where this goes um this has been the main topic of today the Graham. Topic And let's go ahead and close out the episode with the who, what, when, where, why, and how segment this week featuring former Colorado Rockies and former World Series champion Curtis Laskanik, who used to be a starting pitcher for the Colorado Rockies, but started out his career right here in Colorado Springs with the Colorado Springs Sky Sox and actually became a family friend of my grandma, who raised me. So um, later down the road, once I found out he became a World Series champion with the Boston Red Sox, I was head over heels for that because that was so awesome to know. I knew him very well as a kid. Um, So let's go ahead and get into that topic now. All right, welcome back to the who, what, when, where, why, and how segment of the episode. On today's episode, it is pitcher Curtis John Laskanik, who was born on April 2nd, 1968, and was a former Major League Baseball relief pitcher. During his 12-year career, he pitched from 1993 to 2004 uh, with the Colorado Rockies, Milwaukee Brewers, Kansas City Royals, and, of course, ended his career as a Boston Red Sox. Um, He is currently a professional scout for the uh, Boston Red Sox, He was uh, drafted eighth in the eighth round of the 1989 baseball amateur entry draft out of Louisiana State University by the Cleveland Indians, but was traded in 1992 to the Minnesota Twins uh, with Oscar Munez for Paul Sorrento. But later that same year, he was then drafted by the Colorado Rockies in the 1992 expansion draft. And in 1993, he made his major league debut with the Colorado Rockies. But let's not forget, he did play for the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, the Triple A minor league team for the uh, Colorado Springs or for the uh, Colorado Rockies organization back in the 90s. Um, he essentially, I'll give you a little backstory. Um, he essentially was a friend um, of my grandma. He. Basically, my grandma owned a laundromat that, back in the 90s, was the closest laundromat to the security service field was, um, if you're familiar with Clutter Springs, was off Austin Bluston Academy. Now, that's quite a ways away now, um, and there's plenty of laundromats in between there, and I'm sure the teams do other things, essentially, for laundry compared to back then. Um, but back then, the players were responsible for getting their uniforms cleaned. And he ended up going to the laundromat my grandma um, actually uh, owned at the time or ran. And he became good friends with my uh, grandma. I used to meet him all the time before the games and talk to him. Um, he would give me tips on playing baseball and when the Color Swing Sky Stocks would do their um uh, Clinics for baseball. I I remember playing catch with him or whatnot. So it's pretty cool. Once I got older and kind of not necessarily forgot about him, but didn't really follow his career, it was cool to see that he actually has a uh, World Series ring or whatnot um, from the Boston Red Sox. I'm I'm not 100% sure if that is playing. Um, I, I believe he pitched in the World Series, but if not, he definitely got it as a scout for them. Uh, but he essentially in 2004, after uh, leaving the Rockies organization, uh, the Kansas City Royals picked him up. Or no, he was picked up prior to that. He was picked up by the Royals in 2003, 2004. Um, they had a very disastrous season of 58 and 104. He was released on June 18th. On June 22nd, he was picked up by the Boston Red Sox and then made three appearances during the 2004 ACA. ALCS against the New York Yankees and was credited with Game 4 win. His one and one third inning of a shutout uh, baseball during Game 4 were the last he would ever throw. He retired following the 2004 season. He did make a return to Fenway Park for opening day in 2005 where he received his World Series ring as well as a large ovation. From opening day 2008 he got to carry around the uh, for the opening day in 2008, he got to carry out the World Series trophy. Liscanick was a Little League coach in Florida and scouting consultant for Boston before joining the Red Sox professional scouting staff for the 2008 season where he is currently at. Um, funny enough, he has a son named Brandon, which I'm sure there's no way there's a connection there. No way. But I remember him telling my uh, grandma, liked that name, so that's kind of funny in a way. Um, but essentially, he, he played with one of the best World Series teams, the Boston Red Sox, and man, I, I tell you, it, it's amazing to to think that someone I knew growing up with baseball became a World Series champion with one of the highest teams in baseball today, so pretty cool. He was a great guy. He Obviously, I think he had some trouble at one point of getting a DUI. But, essentially, that did not stop him from continuing his career. Um, I think think he took care of those uh, problems, definitely. But, again, um, this has been the who, what, when, where, why, and how segment on the Grand Slam podcast, episode 23. And let me just say... I appreciate every week of everyone downloading, joining the conversation, and enjoying the podcast. Um, Again, if you haven't already, subscribe, like, comment on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any platform I have, and then, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast providers. These episodes will download instantly to your favorite podcast provider when the episodes go live on the air and... Lucky enough, today there is no delay. It's maybe a couple-hour delay of the episode, but I am getting it up and posted. I will announce a future date of when the uh, Vibes 2022 season preview comes up, Um, but look forward to next week. We will start going into the XFL Football League uh, with the debut of the XFL League from 2001 That should be a great story. And then uh, the following week after that, we'll hop into the 2020 season prior to getting uh, canceled due to COVID-19. So look forward to that. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. This has been the Grand Slam Podcast, episode 23. Have a great one. Have a great rest of your weekend and have a great week. We'll see you back here live next week. Bye-bye.